Aloha. Welcome back. Hey. How did you find episode one? Was it juicy? <laughs> Do you know what? I am buzzing off my tits. Like, <laughs> it's so much fun. I haven't felt joy like that. I'm having a serotonin rush. <laughs> I've had a shit month, okay? So this is what I'm living for. Bear with, guys. <laughs> We're living for the podcast. Yeah. Um, how did you find it? Yeah, I loved it. I really hope that people listened and kind of, I think sometimes this is why I really was very excited when we came up with this idea over a a ramen Um, Mm. or ramen. Ramen or ramen? Ramen. I think ramen. Mm. Ramen sounds a bit posher, doesn't it? It does. Than a a ramen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We came up with this idea when I was in Edinburgh visiting Katie. And I think it's like, I think it's just such a nice place to be able to just barrel it's, it's nice it feels good it feels good and it's just the convers. these are the conversations that I love having like I love talking about these topics but also having a laugh about things as well in between yeah. and I just think this is my favorite thing to do in the world and yeah combined one of my favorite people now I'm blowing oh. smoke up your ass <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> we love that I love that yes. um but today we're talking about the big three oh quite frankly yes. the most scariest time of my life interesting mm. it wasn't because we're very different bad for me yeah I was gonna say yeah. we're very different when it comes to this mm. yeah we thought we'd talk about turning 30 in particular like where we thought we'd be when we turned 30 how we felt when we turned 30 did our life kind of resemble anything we thought it would look like spoiler alert it didn't uh-uh. uh, <laughs> did you know how we just felt about the age in general and we only we both turned 30 this year didn't we yeah I was April yes yeah, I was March. Okay, cool. So we're very, very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we both had very different experiences with turning 30. Uh, so, yeah, I think this will be a good one. So, like, a lot about timelines. I think this comes it into is. turning 30 a lot. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, like, it's so weird for me, I think, because when you're younger, when you when I was younger, and, like, hearing that someone was 30, I mean, that was old, right? Adult. You, you're, adult. you're old. You're, you're an adult yeah. at that point. And... And I think with like the society pressures that is so like relevant right now, slash. Especially for women. Yeah, especially for women, which I know we're kind of breaking through. And I know there's a lot of people who don't believe in that anymore, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we are, I'm definitely in a life that has been anything but the norm at, at any point, like, I really do believe that. And I think that's the truth. But like, I think that's what scared me the most is that, okay, I'm 30. Kind of feel like that's when you need to start sorting your shit out. Yeah. I thought my poop would be in way more of a group by 30. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, okay. What did you envision for yourself when you were say like 20 years old? What, where did you think you were going to be when you were 30? See, this is a funny question because when I was 20, that was like the thick of my performing arts days. So I yeah. would would have been in third year. I would have been auditioning for agents. Quite frankly, I was probably at the lowest point of my life when I was 20, 21, like fully a real bad time, which I'm sure we'll talk about somewhere along the line. But like it was, I, I don't think I ever visualized anything for my life because all I wanted was performing. So that's all I ever visualized. So it was like West End, I'll be on the West End. I'll be on the West End and I'm going to be on the West End. Like that was it for my life. 
And maybe I'll be on the West End. And maybe, just maybe. (laughs) Um, So I kind of felt like I didn't have that, like, I'll be... I'll be in a house with kids because like that, you just don't have that in the performing arts industry. Like you can't have kids. I mean, you can have kids in the performing arts industry, but like, it's, it's just, they're all reproductively challenged. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You become a performing artist. It is biologically impossible. (laughs) Um, No, it's just very hard to have kids and perform. So like, I, Mm. I don't think I necessarily had a big goal, big dream in the way that I have now, if that makes sense. Well, your your dreams were more career oriented, I suppose. Yeah. By the sounds oh, of it. hugely, and always have been. Like, mm. n- I don't think I've ever had, like, I. Yes, I've put houses on my vision board, and yes, I've put like a money amount on my vision board, but like that's never been the driving factor of my life ever. Like success, probably in career, which I've never really thought about really, but like that drives me every day. Like being the best that I can be. Yeah. So I think Mm -hmm. like it was, you know, in the performing arts industry, West End was the top of the top. Like in the entrepreneur space, there's no fucking top, which drives me mad because my belief of being the best has to be diminished, which I've done a lot of work (laughs) on um, because I can, I just can never get to the top because there is no fucking top. But like, you know, the performing arts industry, you just build your way up and that was that. Um, and yeah, so I think it was hard for me to view anything back then. What about you? Interesting. I thought by the age of 30, and I think I probably took a more traditional approach because mm. actually the older I've gotten, the more ambitious I've gotten and the more okay. I've become career driven. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I think I felt, and I'm sure we're going to do a whole episode on career anyway, uh, yeah. because uh, both of our trajectories, we weren't people that knew what we wanted to do straight off the bat. We've had a bit of a journey with it and changed careers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a whole episode on that. But I was unsure of what I wanted to do. I think I was doing a teaching degree at the time, or maybe I was doing an interior architecture degree at the time. Like, this is literally <laughs> just a little sneak preview into what it was like <laughs> for me to try and choose Come a job. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was a little unsure about that. I wasn't someone that knew what I wanted to do straight off the bat. So my ambition... Well, my dream, and it still is part of my dream for sure, that I thought I would maybe not have kids. I didn't particularly want kids before 30 or at 30. Mm. Mm. Still obviously don't, and I do not have children, but I do want kids. I'm rambling. But I definitely thought I would be with my person by Mm. 30. Mm. You know, I thought I would. I didn't think I'd be single at 30. But... Yeah, I think that's where I kind of envisioned I'd be. I, th- I thought I would have some kind of career. I didn't really know what, but I thought I would have met someone by 30. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's like weird, isn't it? Because like there's so many things that come into your path. So like say for instance in 2017, like there is no physical, logical way that I will have known that I went to live in Australia for three and a half years. Yeah. There's just no that fucking way. Like it, that was <laughs> never on my vision board. It was never something that I thought about doing. Like, and things cross your path in the way, and I think that's what the the power of meeting people at the right time in the right place and everything. And that's why, like, I'm so fucking grateful for for both Dan and Australia and everything that happened there because that's got me to where I am today. Like the same as my performing arts career. Yep. Like I hated. I hated the performing arts industry for so long after I left. 
partly because I didn't make it the way I wanted to make you it. And, resentful. You know, I felt like a failure mm. and, I, and I felt resentful. But like now I reflect back and I'm like, fuck, that gave me the people who are now like my besties. That gave me like experiences that I will never get to have again. That That gave me so much, but equally led me to where I am now. So I think there's, I think that, that that's really powerful. But like, again... You know, when people are like, what's your five-year, what's your 10-year vision? Yeah, I've never been that. I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't know because I don't know what's going to happen next week. And and I can have those big dreams and those big goals and work towards them. But an opportunity might come in next week that makes me a news presenter. I'd fucking take that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it could be so, it's so different. Um, That's a complete tangent, but I just wanted to yeah, say Yeah, no, for sure. Anyway, the end. And I know that we felt very differently about, oh, P.S. Dan was uh, Beck's ex-boyfriend, just for those of you who don't yeah. know. Uh, so yeah. tell me about how you felt turning 30. So we had very different okay. experiences uh, about turning 30. So let's hear it. <laughs> I was, I was like petrified. Yeah. I was petrified, I was worried, I was annoyed that I was 30. I was annoyed that I couldn't be 20 I feel like anymore. annoyed is such a funny reaction to have. I was like, oh my God, it's so annoying. I, it was so annoying to me. I was like, as if I have made it, like, as if I'm this age. Mm. Um, and I really like, I don't know, like, the more people that I spoke to, the more people that were like, life starts when you're 30, things start to happen when you're 30. Like, yeah, everything this. starts to happen when you're 30. Do you agree with that? Always. I mean, I kind of feel like I am in a position now where I know what I want. I'm unbelievably aware of myself. I've done a lot of work on myself. I will continue to do work on myself. I'm very kind of driven in where I want to go. So I think like I've got my shit sorted way more than I did when I was 21. I think that's probably why people say that because I think, um, again, I feel like we say this every sentence. We'll do a podcast episode on this. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) Write that down. being 20 like I think you're finding yourself a lot you know like I was finding what I wanted to do and finding my people and finding myself and you know all of the very cliche things that you do when you're 20 so I think I do agree in the fact of I think you get to a position where you are grown up I mean I still don't feel like an adult and I speak to people who like have kids I I speak to people who are like 50 and I'm like when do you become an adult and they're like I don't feel like an adult so I I just think it's not a thing yeah I've come to the conclusion. Yeah. In conclusion, it's not it's not a thing. Um, in conclusion, no one is an adult. Um, so, like, I think that's that for me was that that's what I view about that kind of particular phrase. But yeah, I was just really annoyed because I have this weird thing around time. I'm very aware of it again, as I am with everything that comes up for myself. Um, but like, I this has been something that I worked on. I was working with like a. Uh, holistic-y, coachy type um, person a while back. And she picked up on the fact that I kept talking about time, like running out of time, not having enough time. Like that was kind of like a constant thing. And and I do it, you know, I have it in my life. Like I'm like, oh fuck, it's 11 o'clock. Like we're nearly, we're nearly through the day. Like, or I'll get to Thursday and I'm like, fuck, it's, it's, it's nearly Monday. Sunday. You know, like I, <laughs> it's basically Monday. And I have this thing about time. So I think there is a, like this really weird pressure that I put on myself when I turned 30. And I think like, again, going back to the societal pressures of like, well, I need to have kids in the next two years because I don't want to be this 
I don't want to have kids when I'm 35, but I might. I don't know. It's just what I believe needs to be the case for a, for a 32-year-old. Yeah. And I think that's and what so it was. And so when you turned 30, you were like, I'm running out of time. And was yeah. it time to have Basically. kids or was it other stuff? Um, Other stuff. Like I kind of, I used to do this weird thing where I would look at successful people. So like I'd take, let's for instance, I'd take Stephen Bartlett and I'm like, right, well, he's 29 and he's a multimillionaire (laughs) and I'm 30 and I'm still not there. So I'm running out of time here. Mm. (laughs) Like I do do this thing like where I look at successful people and I see their age and then I'm like, okay, well, I've got four years to work towards to get to that. Like kind of gives me Mm. more space when I know their age or like Grace Beverly's like what? 22 or something crazy molly may yeah like and i'm like fuck Mm. (laughs) i've I've got eight years less so it's like you're (laughs) Um, comparing your timeline against someone else's yeah yeah exactly which i know a lot of people do yeah um and i think that's where it kind of yeah that's kind of where it came in in the fact of like i'm 30 and i still haven't achieved what i want to achieve which i think which I will call myself out like that's fucking bullshit. Like there is people who become successful when they're 70. Like it time is an illusion. It is not a fucking thing that I need to Yeah. Look and at. in so many I ways think. you are very successful. Like you run a successful business, like you've built an incredible thing. Um, you know. So it's funny that you're comparing yourself against like Stephen Bartlett. <laughs> it's like aim <laughs> lower. Going, aim lower. <laughs> no way <laughs> no that way. ambition till the end um <laughs> till i die um but yeah i think that's why i felt like i was running out of time a little bit, is there a bit of um, panic then? and it, it is it is yeah i think it's like more of the panic for the baby thing but like i've recently been through a breakup and then you have to have like that whole like oh like nah, okay we've got to start again and like and then you know when you like logistics do you remember the Friends episode where yes. Rachel's like, yes. I've, I'm 30 and like, if I yeah. have to marry them at this point and then get, you know, like, and she kind of works it out and then she works that she's got like eight months to find someone before they have a baby or something. Yeah, I think yeah. I do that. Like I do that a lot um, in the way of like working back. Yes, like reverse engineering your life yeah. and being like, well, which I do I for all my clients, done this which is probably why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, funnily enough, and this took me by surprise, I had a different experience of turning 30 uh, because I am actually someone that doesn't really love my birthday. I don't hate my okay. birthday. Yeah, like I don't, uh, I, you know, some people are like, it's my birthday month. I'm like, you get a day, Sharon, you get a day. But like, I, I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in love with my birthday. I don't mm-hmm. hate my birthday. Like I like to do something, but I don't like it to be a huge, big, like, oh my God, mm. it's the biggest. And actually I get really funny around my birthday. It's never a particular time of year that I enjoy. And mm. the reason for that is because I get really existential around my birthday And I start thinking about where am I in life? Mm. Am I on the right path? What am I doing? Am I where I thought I'd be by this age? Like throughout my entire 20s, that is what I did. And Mm. for some reason, (laughs) for some reason, when I turned 30, which is like one of the scary ages, I think, for a lot of people, I was fine. But I actually think the reason why I was fine is because when I was uh, well, like a few months before I turned 30, because I'm I'm born in March. So in January of the year I turned 30, 
which is this year. So I don't know why I'm being so weird and abstract about it. (laughs) You do the math, guys. You do the math. In January this year, I decided that (laughs) that I'm going to move to Scotland. So I think yeah. I was really excited because there was like a new chapter, a new adventure. Yeah. Whereas when I when I was still in Perth, I was like, I think I would have been a bit depresso espresso if mm. I stayed. And and mm. I would have been like, I'm, I'm not where I am. Like my business isn't where I wanted it to be. Like I don't have a partner. Um, so I think I would have been a little bit more existential. That's a really difficult yeah. word to say. It's such a if good word. I had stayed. So I think maybe the fact that, that I was combined. moving brought yeah. me a bit more excitement and I and yeah. I think I was like oh like I just had a new lease on life yeah. um and it's but I actually chapter. felt okay about turning 30 and I was do you know what we're going to do a whole episode on turning on our 20s I was so ready to kiss my 20s goodbye so mm-hmm. ready because it goes back to what you were just saying earlier about the fact that because I think like people are like, your life starts when you're 30 it's like well scientifically that's inaccurate but also <laughs> my life started in 1992 okay <laughs> yeah 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 i think you'll find <laughs> actually but i think i it, i echo exactly what you just said like i did a lot of work on myself in my 20s and on my confidence and i found my career in my 20s late 20s um i found out mm. what i wanted to do i think i was 28 when i started my business um so I feel much more together, quote unquote, mm. together in many aspects of my life. In some, definitely not. But I think that I would not redo my 20s for love nor money. No. I no, was I very ready to say either. goodbye to them. I found them really difficult. Yeah. 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 So I was ready to turn 30. Yeah. And I think like the, like I think 30s, it is when things start piecing together. Maybe that's kind of subconsciously I was like, right, well, this is, you know, this is happening now. We've done the work. Things are happening. But again, like, that's another thing that you think is going to happen. Like, things might not piece together till I'm 50, but that's okay. Like, I, I think, think it's that. Yeah. Didn't Do they ever? ever piece together? Like, I think this is such an illusion. Because I'm someone that's like, when I have this... Yeah, I'm going to be, will life this. will be together. Yeah. Like life is yeah. just always peaks and troughs, isn't it? And without trying to sound like a total cliche, I think there's mm. always going to be something that's going yeah. on. And I think yeah. we pro- we're people that put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that comes from like, I mean, <laughs> I make myself, I make myself laugh sometimes Daddy because issues. <laughs> 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 um, I think because I have this, um, like, I want to live in a movie at all times. <laughs> Main character energy. Main yeah. character vibes. <laughs> like, we were talking about being on the train and, like, looking out the window, pretending that you're in the film. Oh, yeah. I do that. Every day. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, like, when you look at that, um, you know, like when you've been brought up with the stories of Happily Ever After and yada, yada, yada. And it was actually really funny that this has actually just come up and popped into my mind because I was watching the new um, Enchanted movie at the weekend. It's really called Disenchanted. Yeah. I only watched half um, because we had to go out. But the the start of the story, I was like, thank fuck for Disney for doing this because the start of the story was basically 
the little chipmunks were like having a bedside uh, a kind of like a bedtime story and they were like but that was happily ever after and and then the the kind of dad or the mom was like well there is kind of no happily ever after because life goes on after happily ever after and and I was like oh my god like thank you for not teaching us finally like (laughs) thank you for like teaching younger kids that you know it doesn't like happen and then that's the end and I think the same as you know I see this so much in business and especially with my clients is okay well when I reach that amount of money I will feel this when I reach that amount of money I will feel this and that's just like continuously tying yourself into external realities all the time Mm -hmm. which when you get them being a high achiever it's never you're like oh cool well I've fucking done that so what's next like it's never enough anyway so if we continuously like go on and on and on and on and on trying to reach the external we never actually get what we want and I think that was just such a nice reminder of there is kind of there is no happily ever after there's like happily ever journey like it's the journey right so cute yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you should break out in song and do a little tap dance or something. Come a little friend, some little and sparrows. We all sing yeah. a happy little working song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like I definitely think that I put so much pressure on myself on arbitrary timelines, and we've yeah. got to remember that even going back a generation to our parents' generation, they had a much more this is what you do with your life. Yeah. Even yeah. one generation ago. So they yeah. went to, they, you know, they'd go to school, they'd go to university most likely or do a trade and they chose their job and that was the job they had. And they're very like quote unquote normal jobs, right? So my mm. mom's a nurse, my dad runs his own business, he does removals. Yeah. And so they, yeah, that's, and that's what they've that's done. What they do. Yeah. And they got married. My parents met at 22. My dad, mm-hmm. my dad was 25. They got married at 28, had me at 30. And so I kind of envisioned that my life, and I think because that's the environment you grow up in and that's your idea of normal mm-hmm. and that is what we yeah. see everywhere. I mean, we're, we're conditioned yeah. by society to think that that is normal and that's what we should strive mm-hmm. for. We're conditioned, I know Disney is trying to rewrite the narrative now, but we grew up on Disney princesses meeting the prince and that was the end of their journey. The end. And yeah. I dreamed of that shit. Like, like, yeah, I yeah. to this day think rom coms and Disney fucked me over. <laughs> I blame them for my love life. I blame I, the holiday yeah, for yeah. my for my want of love. Honestly, like, ugh, I mean that's a whole other topic in itself. Let's not go there. But that's that can podcast. come up next week. Yeah, that's next week in the dating episode. But I definitely think that we look at that timeline as that was considered pretty normal. Like back in the day, like back in our parents' day, you might be more abnormal if you chose not to have children. Like that was unusual. Mm. Yeah. And most people got married then. And yeah. And Mm. yeah, it's becoming more normal though, I think, to to Mm. choose not to have children. Um, For sure. Whereas back then it was like, oh, you're obviously going to have kids. Like that's just the default. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously going to get married. Like you don't think, oh, I choose not to get married. Like that again was Mm. kind of unusual. Um, And you probably would be married by 30 because that was the given. Mm. And so Mm. I think so much has changed between our parents' generation and our generation. I mean, if I look at me and my friends, we're a complete mixed bag. I've got a couple of girlfriends that are married and that have, you know, just had their first baby um, or are pregnant. And then I've got some friends that are in long-term relationships and it looks like they're heading in that direction. And I've got some friends who, like myself, are totally single. And, you know, it does look like everyone's journey looks so different, but I still compare myself and I still put so much pressure on myself to have or to follow that same timeline as as my mom, really. Yeah. 
yeah as everyone else yeah and I think like when you were talking this is what came up for me like back then like you said this is what you did you met someone you got married you had a kid well you, you got married you had a house you got a mortgage you had a kid the end yeah kind of thing like there was no decisions to be made because that is what you did and that is what everyone was doing to an extent and that was the norm whereas now like I almost feel like our generation has like decision fatigue because there is too much choice (laughs) there is too much freedom in like which is a really fucking good thing, right? But like, there's, it's almost like, well, you know, okay, do I do I want to have a partner, right? And do I want to say, like, like, there is so much choice because you're not you're not being fit into a box anymore, which is amazing. But equally, it makes us question everything because we're like, oh my god, I'm not like, you know, my mom and dad got married. Mom was 17 when she got married. That I mean, that's my just mad. Mind. It's mad. Actual um, child bride. Actual yeah, child bride. Actual. Like legally, <laughs> she would have had to get permission from her parents. Um, and like has known my dad since she was like three years old and they're like they're still together now but like you know that that was like done like the you know that's where they're at and I think like yeah it just it just ties you up in this story that doesn't need to be told anymore at all and again the like external pressures of like when I have a boyfriend I will feel this or Mm. when I'm married I like you know like I my previous partner Dan like I was like well fucking hurry up like we've been together for four years like in my head I was like well I haven't got a ring on so that means that he doesn't love me do you know like I made that story up like that doesn't mean anything it literally doesn't mean anything and I think still like still people feel that way don't they like I'm like oh you know some of my friends that have been together for like 10 years I'm like are you gonna like are you gonna propose (laughs) like what's what's going on um but yeah I think it's it's just that constant story that we've been fed growing up like subconsciously definitely and I also think it's a really good time because sometimes we go through life wanting things or thinking that there's a certain path for us and we don't question it Mm -hmm. And we don't think, why do I want this thing? Do I actually want this thing? Is this the thing that is best for me? Um, And actually question it a little bit. Like for me, I definitely know that I do one day want to get married and have kids. And Mm -hmm. I've thought about my reasons for marriage. And I know that the reason for marriage with other people looks very different. Uh, Mm -hmm. And some people are like, it's a piece of paper. And I'm like, yeah, well, so is the constitution. But (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Uh, You know, so (laughs) I think that. To me, it is something that is important to me and I have thought about it. And I also have thought about, do I want children? And I'm like, yes, I always have wanted children. I mm-hmm. used to be a teacher. Like, I am a very maternal person. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for some people, you might – and, like, if you're listening to this and you feel this pressure, maybe sit and ask yourself, is this actually what I want or have I, mm-hmm. or have I been socially conditioned to want this? Mm-hmm. By my family, by my friends, by society, by the media. Like, we are all brainwashed to an extent. Yeah. Like, we all are. Yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. And I think, though, one thing that – gets me a lot and even as we talk about this topic like I don't know if you can feel it I can feel it in my chest like I I actually feel I've got a lot to say (laughs) same like I for me the biggest thing is that I worry about is kids yeah and I know we're young I know we're 30 and Mm. I know we've got time um but I would be lying to myself if I didn't say that that is something that does worry me like I do Mm. sometimes think what if I do never meet someone what if and, like, I know I really want children one day, not anytime soon, but, like, within no. the next 10 years, I biologically have to have a child. Mm-hmm. And it does stress me out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, 
even I'm going back to the Kardashians. Maybe I'll talk about the Kardashians <laughs> every episode. Um, but like, was it Kendall? Like Kendall walked in and and her mom was like, "You need to. You're 27 now. You need to freeze your eggs." And I I remember like messaging my mom, being like, "Do I need to Don't have frozen freeze. eggs? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like the pressure is there from 27. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's so." Um, it's so stressful in that way. And I think like that is the decision. You know, I've just made a huge decision to walk away from a, a four-year relationship that I, I could have happily been married and with kids within the next six months. Do yeah. you know, like, and I had to walk away from that. that gestation process. <laughs> within six well, months, I could have three children. <laughs> three children. The math ain't marriage. Nothing, babes. <laughs> um, but like... You know, like I had, that was a huge de- decision, obviously. Yeah, and I had a lot of people being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, that's, it's a big thing to walk away from, especially, especially you know. Especially at that age. At that age. That's the thing. It's the age thing again, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, we, we got together in 2017 and we broke up this year. So like, you know, that, that span across a big part of my life where, you know, I did grow massively which is half the reason why I chose to let to leave because I was a very different person than I was when we met um and like I felt that from people I felt that that's what they were thinking because I know that's what I would be thinking Mm. if someone had decided to leave a long-term boyfriend in a long-term relationship when they were 30 you know, like that, that's like throwing myself into the shark. No, I'm joking. Yeah, well, I think, like, that's so, honestly, and <laughs> I know you, you're joking. I, yeah, I know you're joking, yeah. but a lot of people stay in relationships in their late 20s, yeah. early 30s, and throughout their 30s because of the fear of, oh, well, it's too late to start over now. You know, yeah. guys, yeah. we live till we're about 80 or 90. <laughs> we got time, girls. <laughs> yeah, and I know that we can't have children until then, but fuck me, at least choose to be with someone who you could actually see hopefully you spending that amount of time with I mean it might not be realistic anymore to think we're going to be with one person until we're 80 or 90 I hope that's still the case but I think that that is at least the intention that you start and remain in a relationship with is that you Mm. can see that rather than you're staying out of fear that oh it's too late to start over I want to have kids like I may as well just get this over and done with this person Mm. that's another thing you don't want to have kids with the wrong person that is I would rather not have children than have children Mm. with someone who I know is not the right person for me yeah and I, and I think that's maybe why, I mean, now reflecting on it, this is like a hard moment in the moment. Mm. Like now reflecting on it, maybe that's why I was so scared to turn 30 because I knew, you know, I was well and truly in the know of not being happy then. You had deep some down. decisions to make. I, and I had some decisions to make and that was huge for me back then um, because I, f- I thought that that was it. Like I just didn't think there was any decision to have or to be made or for anything to be different, which I know a lot of people go through and you know, I feel so grateful that I did the work on myself um, and have the, I don't even think it's the strength. Like, yes, it it took me a lot of strength to do what I've done this year, but like just to just have the bravery maybe to go, you know what, like I love you and I loved us and I loved what we've done and I loved what we created and I love all the experiences we've had together. But if this is it for the rest of my life, then it doesn't fit with where I'm going and that's it's really fucking hard because you sound very selfish and people look look at you and people hate you and I completely know that um but like I just couldn't 
allow myself to go down that route for marriage and kids because like I've I've been you know I've been in places where the kid is shared between mom and dad and I just I just don't want that like I really and I I know that's very inevitable not inevitable it's very hard to know whether that's going to ever happen or not and I'm really treading very very carefully right now but like but you don't want to I go in knowing that, that that is not that it's not right, and that yeah, that's exactly. almost inevitable yeah. that that would happen if you if you get married and have children yeah. with someone who you know from the outset there's a niggle inside of you like this isn't yeah. this isn't quite right for me anymore yeah yeah um, so yeah completely agree and I think this mm. is something that like and this is why at the start that I said it's different for men and women and it is for this reason it's for the children reason um, because men yeah. don't have a biological clock. They don't. You could Mick no. Jagger had a kid at like 70. fucking seventy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's probably not ideal. No. <laughs> would I choose to if I had no biological clock? Would I choose to have a child at seventy? Absolutely not. Probably I want to be not. kicking it at the retirement village, right? Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to have a kid suckling on me. <laughs> Why do I have to get so graphic? I'm kind of. Why disgusting. have you gone there again? Why do I do this? <laughs> Who am I? Why do I say things? But at the, at the same time, like. This is something that men don't have. So I mm. think they like might have other stresses and other pressures, sure, and I think maybe they, they feel more of a need to be at a certain place in their career or to provide for a certain yeah. amount because I think there's still that pressure for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't think the biological clock, biological clock is oh, something no. that they, they don't understand it because no. it's not a reality for them. Whereas for yeah. women, this is something like... Yeah, we could freeze our eggs. It costs thousands of pounds mm. to freeze your eggs. It's not mm. just like, oh, I'm just going to pop into the freezer and, you know, yeah, be done pop my it. eggs in. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it's a big process. You've got to go through hormone therapy. Like, it's not as simple as, oh, just freeze your eggs. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah. something that pff, I don't know. I don't know the answer to. Like honestly, but I just think it's nice to have this conversation because I've listened to a podcast. Actually, it was a few months before I turned thirty. And it was these two women who I love, like they're both UK bloggers. Um, and it was about turning 30. And I was like, oh, good, this might be really uplifting. I mean, they're both <laughs> married with houses and one had a child on the way. And I was like, Ugh. like, okay. actually, yeah. your lives are very different to mine. And I mm. think I was probably looking for more kind of people that were in a similar space to me. But mm-hmm. it's kind of nice just to, I think, even if this episode does, I don't want it to freak people out. But I think it's just nice to have an open dialogue about our honest thoughts about being 30 in our 30s or how it felt turning 30. Yeah. Um, I, I think know. there's another, like, kind of moving on from the body clock yeah. of, of time. Like, I think, like, <laughs> financial and, like, there's so many other yeah. things, like, yeah. pressure-wise that, like, you know, I don't have a house yet. And... <laughs> Just the way you said that. <laughs> I live I in a cardboard box. <laughs> Um, and that's because the situation that I don't have a mortgage, right? Fine. And that's because the situations that I've been in haven't allowed me to do that yet. You know, like I couldn't, we couldn't move to Australia and get a mortgage because we weren't permanent residents. We became permanent residents in April. I left in August, you know, like there's never been a time where that has been priority at all. Um, and I think like, and there's not been a time of a priority where I've saved for that. You know, I probably could have a mortgage the amount of money that I've spent in the business, which is fine. Um, But I know the business will allow me to have a mortgage in the future anyway. So that's okay. But I think like when 
this is where I come back to when I've, because I've always been the black sheep and I've always gone and done something different or gone to a different school or gone and done a different thing or, you know, like whatever that is, it's that I, I haven't been on that trajectory of like, you leave, you get the job that you have, you save for your mortgage, you get the house, like, and that makes me feel not good enough. Like that yeah. genuinely, like, which is the complete opposite because I've gone and done the things that I wanted to do, which a lot of people don't. So like, I just think like, that's that was another thing that played on my mind turning 30 is like, oh, you know, I haven't been putting in for my superannuation. <laughs> yeah, I do worry like, about finances as well, actually. For yeah, sure. yeah. And I think when you run your own business, you have to prioritize that and that doesn't, and obviously running your own business there's less certainty yeah, and there's less security in that. So it might mean like for the next few years, not contributing as much to your super uh, because you're investing in your business, which is always risky. We say super, guys, it's pension. Yeah, pension, sorry. Pension in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, pension. (laughs) Two little Australians over here. (laughs) Um, It's funny, isn't it? Like I don't think of things like that and then I'm like, oh, yeah. Different, That's different right. countries. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off um, before people. No, 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 that was good. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let the people know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do think about stuff like that. Like I'm like, oh, like, you know, what's my life going to look like when I, when I am 50, 60, 70, I want to be financially secure and I want to build myself up to that. And I look at even my sister. I think um, my sister, whom I love dearly, <laughs> she, she's always, she's followed a, probably a more traditional path. Not that she's like you know, picket fence or anything like that. But no. she she went to uni. She's gotten a good job. Uh, she's an engineer. She uh, is with a boyfriend of like five or six years and they live together and she would have been like saving consistently throughout that time. So she's two years younger than me, but I would can almost say with complete certainty <laughs> in a much better financial, not that I'm in a bad financial position, no. but I've, cho- I've chosen, I've made riskier choices in my life. I've moved yeah. countries a few times. I've started at my own job. I've changed career multiple times. I'm just more that way inclined, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I do take more risks. Um, so sometimes I've, I've compared us and been like, oh God, like look at where I am compared to her and I'm the older sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, look, I just think everyone... If, th- if anything comes out of this episode, is that to normalize? <laughs> to normalize any fucking life that you have. Yeah. And just like, isn't it like if you've yeah. done the whole like leave school, get the job, have the babies, got the house. Perfect. If yeah. you've done the complete opposite, like we've done. Perfect. 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 Like there is no right or wrong. And I think we need to stop putting ourselves in the boxes of are we like, you know, good enough, right, wrong. What is it? There's people that change jobs when they're 55 and that is okay. Yeah. Equally. More more than okay. And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves very unnecessarily. We're doing okay. And everyone's timeline looks so different, especially Mm. in this day and age. Like, you know, you might never get married or you might get married at 50 or you might have children in the way that you didn't expect you'd have children or your friend who you are sure is going to get married and have babies might break up with her partner next week. You obviously don't hope these things happen, but my point is that these things change and, like, what you think is going to look a certain way might not necessarily be the case, you know? People get married in their late 20s and then are divorced by 32. Yeah. It happens. And you can't control a lot of this stuff, you know? Like, you can plan and plan and plan as much as you want and you can want what you want for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. 
a lot of it is is kind of out of, out of our control in a sense. And yeah. Sometimes that can be quite nice to relinquish that control. It is. It is nice to like let that go and like be like, you know, the only consistent thing we have in life is change. And that's what I said. Like, you know, I ha- I didn't have a goal. Like, I've had more goals since having the business, but actually, like you never know where the journey is going to take you. And if you're concentrating on the things that you want to concentrate on, yes, you bring in more opportunities in those ways. Like it's, it's proven that that happens. But I, I think like trying to plan the next 10 years for me is like ridiculous because like I said, four years ago, I didn't know that I was going to live in Australia for four years and be building a bus. Like I, if someone told me that in 2017, I'd be like, you're off your fucking head. You're like, like, I'm going to be in the West End. I think you'll find... Yeah, uh... the West End, baby. <laughs> like, it just makes no... You know, like, yeah. if someone told me 20 years ago that I'd be a hypnotherapist, I'd be like, well, that's fucking weird. You know, like, I just wouldn't... Like, it just Random. doesn't... It Yeah, it just doesn't need to be, I think, something that we kind of have to have that control over and anything can change, you know? And not to bring fucking death into it, but that's <laughs> something else that we don't know. Do you know what I mean? So if we spend 100%. our whole life, if we spend our whole life worrying about the certain things, like I could die tomorrow. Have I enjoyed myself so far? Fucking hell yes, I have because I've done the things that I want to do. So like, I think there's that that pinch of salt that you have to be as well. Like it's that fine balance, isn't it? It's the balance between knowing what you want and working towards it, but equally relinquishing control and being like, who knows who I'm going to fuck, you know, you could meet the love of your life today. Genuinely. Pro- I probably will. Yeah. You know, I think the so. The odds are with me. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are forever. I'm going to the favor. Surgeon's Hall Museum with my parents. So I think we can safely <laughs> say <laughs> it's going to happen. Today. <laughs> today is the day. But I, <laughs> I, yes, no, completely. We, we control, I think, I, I always just think we've got about 50% of control in everything. Yeah. And I know this yeah. might, this is zero scientific basis. I'm just throwing statistics throwing into the out. air out of my house. <laughs> but I do, I think we can control ourselves and what we do and we can think about our desires and our goals. And as you said, work towards them. But life is what happens when you're making other plans, isn't it? Things mm. happen. We're I always dealing. That. 50% of us of our lives is to do with other people unless you're a hermit you know so we are going to have things that go wrong and things that go right and relationships that start and end and I think sometimes there's a huge amount of freedom and I'm still learning how to do this like it's definitely a work Mm -hmm. in progress of just being like I am where I am I want to be grateful for where I'm at and actually we spoke about this the other day if you are feeling like you're feeling this pressure about where you are or your thing life's not going the way you thought it was there is this fantastic book called The Midnight Library by Matt, Matthew mm. Haig. I think it's Matt Haig. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, it's we'll such a good it. book. We probably need to wrap this up in a minute, but I just really wanted to probably end on this note because I think it's such a beautiful book about perspective and about your life and different paths that you could take. And it is so, it's like a, it's like a self-development book in the form of a fictional book. It Fiction, is so yeah. beautiful and it just teaches you about acceptance about where you are and, and, mm-hmm taking control of your life and gratitude I guess about Mm. where you are yeah it's so beautiful Mm. I think I'm gonna read it again we said that didn't we me too I think I need to at the moment Um, yeah yeah I think it would be good but I think like that's I mean how many times do I want to say I think I think um one more I think (laughs) no I actually think um (laughs) 
when I speak to my clients a lot of the time, like especially with high achievers and, you know, like people who want more all the time, when you, I always use this phrase, meet yourself where you're at. Yeah. Like meet yourself where you're physically at right now and be good with that like where can you enjoy those moments like all of the all of the thoughts and feelings that you think that you're going to have when you meet the man when you have the kid when you have the mortgage when you become famous like all of those things all of those feelings that you think you're going to get start bringing them in right now like what do you think you're going to have when you have that and you know for me it's like just sheer fucking excitement so like I'm like okay well how can I be excited today because that's when you start to just live your life. Like, again, I think we live every day for the next day coming rather than every day as the day. What's yeah. that? There's a, a really beautiful quote. You you start live, talking, I'm going to find laugh, I'm going to find this love. quote. <laughs> <laughs> please, please talk. Well, Such an amazing quote. quote. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. How like, many people, on, on average, how many it. people do, do you think... <laughs> have live laugh love tattooed on them on average on i don't average. know i do know though <laughs> actually here's a question for you how much i, I can't remember i asked you this question <laughs> how much would you how much money would you take if i said to you okay you have to get live laugh love tattoo, tattooed on you in comic sans and you can't say that you did it for a dare how much money would it take for you to do that <laughs> <laughs> I'd say at least 100,000. Really? If I said, I'm going to give you 50K right now and you're going to go get Live, Love, Love tattooed on your arm for 50K. On my arm? Yeah. Where am I? Could I have it your underneath? That's in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> it's visible. I'd ha- Let's put it this I'd way. I'd have to have more. I, I would have to have more. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's, you know what it is? It's the Comic Sans more than anything for me. It's It's the font. <laughs> If we went for curls and um, tea, it'd be a totally different story. <laughs> Sign me up. Did you, did you find the Did you find I the found quote? the quote. Okay. This is what we'll, we'll finish on. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. And that is why it's called the present. Oh. I think that's really cute. <laughs> it is really cute. It but is. to wrap it it's up. It's true. Like, it's really let's fucking, fucking hard to do. every day. Yeah, let's do it. Instead of the surgeon's hall museum, I'm gonna <laughs> <my husband. laughs> instead of trying to like continuously discover what's going to be happening in the next, you know, ten years. Yeah. Live, love, laugh, guys. Live, laugh, love. If you take anything away from this oh, episode, no, it's to live, right. it's to laugh, and it's to love. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Um, but honestly, we'd anyway. love to hear what you guys thought about this one because I think so many people can relate to it. So definitely yeah. reach out to us on Instagram. Again, all of our details are going to be in the show notes below. Like and subscribe. Hell yes. <laughs> and we'll be back I think I've for a, ne- a new episode. Yes. <laughs> for the 20 episodes that we talked about, the episodes that we were going to record in this episode. I know. Episode. Those episodes yeah. are coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye. Right. Bye.